Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Well, it's great to see you, and uh, it's great to be at the start of a new year. We're still really into it, the first month of a new year. And the start of the new year can be very challenging. I have just been over in America, and uh, I'm on vacation, my wife and I. And I often think, oh, gee, another week, I got, I got, got to go back, and another year. And, and with all the challenges and everything that we have, uh, sometimes those challenges are from eating too much, confession, that extra slice or 50 slices of pizza that I had, because Americans make gigantic pizza, <laughs> and, and the extra desserts that I had, because I like, I like pumpkin pie. Many of you go, oh, pumpkin pie. It's okay. More for me. Uh, I, I like apple pie. I like cherry pie. I pretty well like any kind of a pie. And I ate way too much of all of that. And so one of the challenges that I have is the weight that I put on. <laughs> it's like, it's all got to come off. Like, this is terrible. Like, challenges of a, of, a, of a new year can sometimes just be daunting as we face into it. And one of the thoughts that I have, and it's the title of this morning's message, where do I start? <laughs> where do I start when it comes to maybe losing weight or getting... A, finances in order, or the challenges that we face uh, in, our, in our lives with projects that we started last year, but we didn't finish, and they're smacking us in the face saying, okay, you remember you were supposed to build that patio, man, uh, so your wife and everybody could have the family gatherings out there. We're like, where do I start? And that's the question that I want to look at this morning for 2023 and whatever it is that you're facing. Where, where do I start? Back to work, where do I start? All the possibilities, all the problems as we approach this. Sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been in a, uh, a situation where it was such a mess. And, and that, that where do I start when you're looking at something that's really messy that maybe you got yourself into, I, I don't know. But it's often a really tough question to ask, where, where do I start with this? I remember years ago, I did quite a few years teaching religious education at our high school, our local high school in Maruchador. And they gave, they gave me 60 students, basically, that had no religious background. It was a challenge to have crowd control. The other teachers didn't really want to come in and sit in on the class. So it was pretty well me and a bunch of wild, you know, smart, smart aleck kids, uh, some of them. And um, it was pretty amazing. And I thought to myself, I'm really tired of just arguing with these kids. It's time for a demonstration of the power of God. That was forbidden. I had to pretty well go with the script that Scripture Union gave me to teach uh, religious education with, with these kids. But I remember the turning point. I had uh, a friend of mine who's an evangelist that does large crusades, in particular healing, Stuart Grimens. And I said, hey, Stuart, I've been doing this thing at the high school, religious education, and I really want to give them a taste and see that the Lord is good and that the Lord is real. 
And he goes, I'm in. I love that kind of stuff. And he was back from a, a big crusade that he did in India. And so Stewart came, and the power of God broke out in the meeting. And there were uh, prophetic words, and uh, one of the kids that was uh, the, the head drug dealer at the school, he had his, his, his leg and his knee in a bandage, and he had an operation or something was wrong with it anyway. And, uh, and that was the first word that Stuart had. He said, you, your, your knee, I'm going to pray for you. God's going to heal it. He, the kid didn't want to get, he, he didn't want to get prayed for. And everybody's like, just let him pray for it. Let him, you know, we're going to see if God's real. And Apostle Paul said this. He says, uh, I've fully preached the gospel <laughs> with signs of wonders following. In other words, if there's no signs of wonders following, you haven't fully preached the gospel. It's not an argument, after all. God loves people. And healing is one of, one of the calling cards uh, of Jesus, and certainly today. And, and, and this kid finally relented, and Stuart prayed for him. Well, he was instantly healed. And he was yelling, I mean, I'm healed, it really worked. And he got up, and he's jumping up and down on his leg, and the other kids are like, no, no, you're making it up. He goes, I'm not making it up. It really happened. He's almost in tears. Well, one after another, all the kids came up for healing. We had a line that stretched all the way out, uh, out of the classroom into the hallway, and that's where we had church on Sunday at that same room at that same high school. Well, there was a teacher that didn't like me, let me put it that way, and her class was next. And we're praying for everybody past the bell. The bell had rung, and she's glaring like she's like, this is her class. She needs to get in there. And kids are all over the place, like they've fallen out under the power of God. Uh, you know, the, the reality of, uh, of God had broken out in the classroom. And I knew I was going to get called on the carpet on Monday by the, the principal. <laughs> and sure enough, I got the call. I need to see you now. <laughs> so I went in. And I had a mess on my hands because our church depended on it, the survival. We didn't have a venue, and the survival uh, of this church back then depended on the outcome of that meeting. I was about to get kicked out permanently out of the venue that we had. Couldn't find another venue. And I remember praying about it. I'm thinking, what a mess that you got me in, God. <laughs> Doing what you wanted me to do. Now, look at this mess. And the tension was there. And I'm talking to Gail about it. And I'm thinking, I rang my friend Stuart up and said, look, you're a partner of crime in this whole thing. Like, you know, please pray. This is, this is a big deal. And Going into that meeting, I'm praying, and I basically asked the same question, title of this message, <laughs> where do I start? And I remember very, very clearly, God spoke to me, and he said this, he said, start with the truth. You might be asking, where do I start in 2023 or whatever you're facing? Same answer, start with the truth. Well, I went in, met with the principal. God says, I'll fill your mouth. I'll give you the words. I'll give you the wisdom. 
on what to say. Don't worry about what you're going to say when you get called before authorities, when you have to answer for what God has done. You just chill out. Don't worry about it. God's, God's got you covered. If you're doing the will of God, God's got you covered, believe me. So I went in, and, and, and this man, he was ropeable because he'd got reports from some of the, uh, the students were actually uh, Catholics. They didn't like the fact that there was a healing meeting. The parents didn't. The principal didn't. That new age teacher that was after the class after, she, she didn't like it. And he said, if I would have known that you were going to have faith healing meetings <laughs> in my high school, <laughs> I would have never let you take that class. And I said to him, is it okay to pray when you're in religious education? Is it okay to pray for the kids? And this is God now filling my mouth. And, and he goes, well, I suppose so. And I said, when you pray, are you allowed to believe that God would answer that prayer? Or is it just like some kind of a format where you don't really believe what you're asking? Are you allowed to believe that God would answer that prayer? And he goes, well, I suppose so. And I said, the truth is, I prayed for some kids that were sick, and God answered the prayer. I wasn't selling drugs. I think you should be thankful that a kid with a bad knee and a whole bunch of other uh, kids that were there, that God answered the prayer. It wasn't faith healing meetings. It was meetings where we prayed and God answered. That's the truth. And this man said, yeah, I think you're right. That makes sense to me. No problem. And the whole thing was resolved, just like that. But what, what resolved it <laughs> was the truth. The truth. In John chapter 18, the Roman governor named Pontius Pilate, he has a big problem on his hands. He's the governor of the Roman province of Judea, he answers to the emperor Tiberius. There's tension that's grown between the Jews that are living in that province in Rome. And now there's an upstart named Jesus that's come on the scene. It's attracting mass crowds. Commentators say in the hundreds of thousands of people getting healed. It's caused a, a giant stir in, in, in this man's uh, government. And so Caiaphas, the high priest, they, they, they try Jesus and they bring him into the palace before this man Pontius Pilate. And in verse 33, we pick it up. And Pilate went back inside the palace and he summoned Jesus and he asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? <laughs> or did others talk to you about me? You know, sometimes when it comes to getting to the truth, you have to filter through everybody's opinion. Social media, of course, today is just loaded with opinions on everything, op people's opinions on everything. 
and trying to get through that is, is, is that your opinion or, or is this actual, actually true? Is this your idea did, or did others talk to you about me? How many people will hear a report about somebody and you'll believe it? It's called gossip. Instead of saying that the best question is, well, why are you telling me that? And where did you get that information anyway? And can I go with you and maybe we'll confront somebody about that? Can you, would you come with me? Oh, no, I don't want to do that. Of course not. They don't want the truth. Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priest handed you over to me. What is it you've done? And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight and prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify of the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. I want you to take a note of that. And here is one of the most famous questions in history. What is truth? Retorted Pilate. And with this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. A great question. And actually a great answer to where do I start with whatever mess that you're facing right now, whatever challenges that you're facing for this new year, wherever you had to pick it up from what you didn't resolve last year. A great question is, what is the truth? But even a greater question, which Pilate didn't ask because he had no revelation, is who is the truth? Because Jesus is not just some kind of a moral answer with facts and figures and reality to morality. Jesus is truth personified, staring at Pilate, looking Pilate in the face, wasn't just truth is in reality, not just the, the, the morality that the compass is pointing to, but the compass himself, morality himself, truth personified, was looking at Pilate, but Pilate didn't even know it. When we ask that question, well, what is the truth that I have to start with? We start with a person, not just looking for answers, and I do go to the scriptures and absolutely believe in that, but, but, but his person, the person of the scriptures that wrote the scriptures, is, it, it, he's, he's the one that wants to reveal through his spirit for all of us, and he will guide us into all truth, the scripture says, because he, the truth, is stronger than any circumstance that you might be facing or any challenge. Who is the truth? In uh, Revelation 19, 11, Jesus is called faithful and true. John 8, 32, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. My paraphrase to that is, you will know him, the truth, and he, the truth, will set you free. Knowing the truth is a person, 
not just some kind of facts or establishing something like that. The truth will locate you. It's really, it's something, whenever there's an emergency and somebody rings triple zero, 911 in America, but triple zero here, one of the first questions that they would ask would be, uh, state the nature of your emergency. Well, what's the emergency? Well, he's not breathing or whatever. The next question pretty well is, what's your location? We need to locate you. We need to find out where you are. The truth locates you. God will locate you through his truth. It's really, uh, it's something in Genesis chapter 3 when, when man, humanity gets in his first mess. Has not been in a mess walking with God till deception enters in and they listen to the serpent, the, the father of lies. And they're walking now and they, they're aware of their nakedness. They're, they're shameful. They get the fig trees, cover up, which is what religion does. Just cover it up. And the first question that God asks, Adam, where are you? He knew where Adam was, but Adam needed to know where Adam was. God wants to locate you, and he does that through guiding you into all truth. If you're building this year on anything other than the truth, then whatever it is that you're building on is going to crumble. It's going to come crashing down. I heard Oral Roberts say this years ago, but whatever you compromise to keep, you'll eventually lose it. You can take that to the bank. Building on a lie, building on anything other than the truth is building on the sand. It's wood, hay, it's stubble, it's going to burn. I'd rather lay it on the altar at the very start of this year, examine my heart and go, God, what have I built on? What is it that I've been laying on a foundation other than the truth? And I think to ask that question at the very start, when you, when you ask the question, where do I start? Go further and ask the question, what is the truth about whatever matter, whatever issue, whatever mess that's unresolved in your life? Dig down, get, pull the fig trees off of the whole thing. It's whatever's covering that has to come off so that you can discover where you're really at because God wants to locate you. The truth will always locate you. Where are you? Where are you? Start where you really are, not where you wished <laughs> that you were. Where do I start? I remember um, our first house that we bought. It was the very first home that Gail and I owned, and it was uh, a vacation home for uh, this family. They were doctors that lived down in Brisbane. So they'd come up in Budrum, and it was just a kind of it's a second house, so they didn't really put a lot into it. And they covered everything up with wallpaper. And I mean... You could go through peeling the wallpaper off as we started to renovate. It's like, oh, yeah, look at that. Look at that wallpaper. Man, I can't believe their taste was so poor. They pull that off. There's more wallpaper. I don't know how many layers of wallpaper, but, you know, I probably wouldn't be exaggerating if it was five or even ten layers of wallpaper. It was so thick 
that it seemed like it was a wall, but there was nothing behind it. And they covered the ceiling with polystyrene tiles. And I remember chipping that off, and it was like, the, like it had snowed. It was just all over my hair, clothes, the floor, polystyrene. It's so light, it just floats around inside of the house. Everything's covered in polystyrene, and there's holes in the wall. Rats are coming through. And what looked like a solid house was anything but solid. But if I didn't get to the truth, if I, if I didn't pull back the cover-up, I would never know what really needed to be built as far as the structure goes. There'd be no, no formation, no solid walls to build on. And I remember the challenge of that mess, where do I start? And the challenge of start with the truth, start with where this thing really is. Get back to the structure of it. What, what can you actually leave and what are you going to have to just pull and fill, up, fill a, a, a bin up with, with all the rubbish that needed to be carted away? It was horrendous. And I look at our lives and I think the mess has to be carted away. There's a lot of stuff in all of our lives. At the beginning of a year, I can't think of a better time to start than the start of a year. And now we're talking about character, motivations on why, why did I do that? Who am I trying to impress? Where, where do I start? Start with the truth and not about somebody else. I mean, it's pretty easy to get the finger out and start pointing about everybody else. Oh, you know, they need to do this and, you know, and if and they need to get real and the truth is and judging everybody and no, 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 no. This morning, I really want us to personalize it. <laughs> it's hard. I, I, I could have preached a message, you know, five ways to have a, where you can be a better person in 2023. Have a great year. Be free in 2023. Number one, set some big goals. Number two, you know, number three. And why don't we just strip it back? Where God really wants to work, where he always wants to work, is character. He wants you to be formed in the image of his dear son. And he is faithful. And he is true. Where are you with that measure? Well, there's work to be done in all of us. See, truth establishes trust. Truth will locate you, but truth will also establish trust. I remember years ago, I lived on an island, part of growing up. And the island was between America and Canada, but more towards the USA, so it was classed, uh, it was part of, um, of the USA, Grosseal. And means big island in French. And you could walk to Canada, except these big icebreakers would come through and break up the ice because they shipped uh, iron ore to the Ford factories and uh, up the river. And, but it would, it would freeze over so it looked solid. And we'd want to walk out on the ice and even the canal behind the house. And, but what was tricky, it looked like it was solid enough to walk on because <laughs> we just freeze over. But if you, you put your foot out there and you, you'd hear that cracking noise and you just knew, 
don't put your weight on that. It's not, it's not formed enough. It's not solid enough to support your weight. It's not going to hold you. You cannot trust in that. And the truth forms a bond of trust. It's solid where you can put your, your foot, you can place your weight on the truth. Anything other than that, don't trust it. Opinions, don't trust it. Pilate says, uh, or Jesus rather says to Pilate, is that, did you come up with that? Did somebody tell you that I'm a king? Or do you really believe that I'm a king? The truth is, of course, he's the king of kings. But do you really believe that, or is that some kind of hearsay? Do you really believe whatever it is that God's telling you that you've read in God's Word, that God, uh, by His Spirit, is guiding you into all truth? You shall know that. You'll, you'll put your weight. You'll trust in that. And that shall set you free from whatever mess that you're in, whatever you're grappling with, whatever's on your plate, whatever you're facing this year. If it's not the truth, you can't trust it. And like I said, building on anything else, building on a lie. Make an honest assessment of your situation, an honest assessment, and let God guide you in all of that. But don't ever try to build on a lie. Romans uh, 1.18, the wrath of God, I love this, because where there's love, there's often anger and wrath. Somebody messes with your kids, parents, you just know there's anger that's going to come up because you love those kids. And they're looking at you because they trust you. And the truth produces an anger. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people. Why? What do they do that causes the wrath of God? Look at this. Who suppress, the word suppress means forcibly put an end to, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Oh, don't we live in that day and age today? We don't even know if it's a woman or a man or a mouse or an alien or a rock or what, what is the truth? And since what, what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood by what has been made so that people are without excuse. Don't ever think that people have excuses when it comes to the reality of God. You just got to look up into the sky. And if you can believe that nothing made something out of nothing, then you've got more faith than me, that's for sure. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles and Grammy Awards and Oscar Awards and lots of other things. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity, 
for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchange. Here we go. First, they're, express, they're suppressing or pushing down, denying, putting an end to the truth. Now, verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Nothing's changed since Paul wrote that 2,000 plus years ago. Starting with anything other than the truth will never end well. I think about during my time on planet Earth going back to the 70s where there was a scandal called Watergate. If you're older, you'd remember that where a president, Nixon, lied. Then another president called Bill Clinton lied. And, and, and lies became kind of the vogue thing for politicians. If they're, How do you know if they're lying? Well, they're breathing. And, and that's kind of status quo. And then in 86, I was sitting in an airport and uh, I'd only come over here to preach. And I met another evangelist at Sydney Airport. And as we're having a cup of coffee, the television is on and the Space Challenger, the shuttle had blown up. Seven astronauts were killed. And I remember as they dug down into that, the cause of the Challenger disaster was the, the solid rocket booster seals, which were faulty, and NASA knew about it. But they lied. They covered it up. What was the consequences of that? Seven people lost their life. NASA lost their reputation. Nobody trusted them anymore. But all the grief, the ripple effect, the families, the, the children that had lost their mothers, fathers, uh, all of that, the, the consequences of lying, of not getting to the truth. Think about the stress put on your own life when you don't get to the truth of the matter. All, all the excuses mounted up. All, all the leaves covering up. God wants you to drill down. What do I, where do I start? Start with the truth. Get the fig leaves off. Get the garbage. Get the wallpaper off. Get the It's going to be messy, but you've got to get down to what is the truth because the truth is far more powerful than your excuses. But it's challenging, and we don't want to do it. We just want to pile more garbage on top of garbage and more lies, and you'll never, ever prosper, no matter what I tell you about being free in 2023 or whatever five points. That'll be a lie if you don't get to the truth. God requires the truth, and he requires you to trust him to get to that truth. So where do I start? This year, I'm going to make a statement now. This is going to rattle you a little bit. This year, God does not want you to do your best. Because your best is not good enough. Anything less than God's best and God, the, the truth personified, and you're going to fall far, far short. I challenge you this morning, make God's best your rest. Rest 
in the truth himself and let him deal with business in your life and guide you through it and anoint you and bring the power. Because if he's in you and you're in him, why in the world do you want your best? I'll walk in him. I'm not walking outside of him. So if I'm walking in him, I'm not going to do my best. I'm going to get to his best when it comes to the power to arrest all of these things. I want God's best in my life. I don't want my best because my best is not nearly good enough. Well, I did my best. Well, your best isn't good enough. I hate to tell you that. I'm in him. He's in me. I know him, the truth. And the truth will set you free. So where do you start? <laughs> well, right back to where you probably started, and maybe you're in the room right now, as our music team comes up, thanks. And this gets removed, thank you. <laughs> Hint. <laughs> there was a time, give or take 40 years ago, where I realized how far short that I had fallen in my life. I tried and I tried and I tried. But no matter how much I tried, I didn't measure up. And I realized I needed to be saved. And when I heard about a Savior that had died and paid the price. That was a truth that I found very, very hard to come to grips with, that none of this is built on my great effort, track record, <laughs> effort, whatever. So I started way back 40 years ago in a hotel room in San Diego, California, reading the Bible not in a church service even. I closed the book and I invited Jesus Christ to come into my heart. I asked him to save me. That's where I started. And many of you started at the same place. Might not have been 40 years ago. It might have been longer than that. It might have been last week. I don't know. But whenever it is, where do I start? You started with asking him to save you from things, decisions, the very sin nature in your life. You needed a savior to reach down and pull you out of that because you can't save yourself. And wherever you're at this morning, I, I encourage you, Start with getting saved. But don't just make that decision once because he is the Savior from every mess that you're in from that point on. Oh yeah, you, you're saved once as in going to heaven, but he's a Savior from financial woe, relationship, heartache, break, from health issues, he doesn't just save once and walk away and walk off the job and say, now it's up to you now. Go and fend for yourself. Work, work it all out. 
Those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't stop calling upon the name of the Lord ever. I called upon the name of the Lord in the beginning. Where do I start? I called upon the name of the Lord and he saved me from hell. Well, I don't stop calling on the name of the Lord now because the truth is what I need to get to and you need to get to. Where do you start? Start with the truth. The truth is call upon the name of the Lord. Amen? So I'm going to pray right now and if you've never called upon the name of the Lord to be saved... This is your opportunity. I'd like you to bow your head and just have an intimate time with God. And then we're going to take communion and we're going to get real. Scripture says this, that for this cause, that many take this in an unworthy manner. That's why many people are sick and many people die. Let let communion, the elements, the bread, the wine, never, ever, ever become just some ritual. Oh, just do it. You know, da dee da No, no, no. This is a point where you're going to get real and repent. Repent means you're going to change your mind. You're going to turn do an about face from whatever you're caught in, whatever isn't true, whatever lie that you're building your life on in whatever area or areas that you're building your life on, wherever you're compromising right now is a soul-searching time so that you know I'm repenting right now. So when I take this communion, I mean it because this truth, this communion is truth. It's his body and it's his blood, which was shed for you. That is the ultimate truth of love and trust. So I want this to be the most meaningful time that you've had this year. If you haven't started your walk with Jesus yet, this is your moment. Where do I start? By asking him into your heart, by giving him your life, by making him the Lord by calling upon his name. So if that's you right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, even if you're watching on YouTube or online, I invite you to do this as well, to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. If you dare to pray this prayer after me and mean it, then you'll have gotten to the truth and the truth will set you free. Say this after me. I'd like all of us to pray this prayer together. Say, Dear God, I thank you for saving me, for sending your son Jesus into my life. Jesus, I turn from my sin and I turn to you. I give you my life. You are my Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.